this hurt right here. If you would, we're going to go to prayer this, this afternoon. We want to welcome everyone that's joined us to service coming from the First Pentecostal Church here in Silsby because we come together to worship the King of Kings, the God of glory, the great I Am, and He is a miracle worker. And We want to pray for all of our church family. We want to pray and ask God to touch them, to heal them. We want to pray for Sister Alice Quillen and Sister McKinley. And Tammy Hicks is sick. We want to pray for all of them. But like I say, we want to pray for all of our church family. And as we pray, church, let's invite God to have His way in this service today. So if you would, let's pray and let's touch God as we pray. God, we thank You for Your many blessings, Lord. Thank You because You're the kind of God that You are, Lord. You're a miracle-working God. And You're mindful of Your people, Lord. We stand in on Your promises. God, You see every need and every petition that's brought before You today. God, You're more than able, Lord. Bless Brother Looper as he brings the Word, Lord. You see the situation, God. It's all in Your hands, Lord. We praising You and we thanking You, God. We loving You for it, God. Leaning up on you, trusting in you, God. What a mighty God we serve. Hallelujah, hallelujah. What a mighty God we serve. Thank you for it, Lord. We give you the praise. Give you the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Isn't God good? Isn't God good all the time? Hallelujah. And I want to say that, again, I believe in the prayers of the First Pentecostal Church. Hallelujah. Let's continue to worship God.
I know we can't do it, but that's our running service this morning and this afternoon. And I thank God because He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Brother Smith's coming at this time, and we're going to continue to worship God. Brother Smith. Thank you, Brother Cooper, and thank you, Jesus, for another wonderful day that He has given us. Thank God for a blessed hope that we have, even when life is challenging, when circumstances are bleak, when things aren't going the way we want them to go. I thought yesterday as I was reading all of the accounts of the gospel writers, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, concerning the crucifixion, the burial, and then the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The darkest day of history had just passed. Jesus had been crucified. He had been nailed to a rugged cross. Blood flowed from His hands, His feet, His brow, His back that had been beaten so badly. And then as he hung there on the cross, looking at those who, some of them, had such venom and hatred toward him, he said, Father, forgive them. They they don't know what they're doing. And in the process of time, he hung his head to give up the ghost, but before he died, knowing that he had completed everything that he came to do for lost humanity, he could cry out, it is finished. Amen. And darkness fell upon the earth. For a period of three hours it was dark and the sun hid its face. Jesus was taken from the cross. He was buried in a tomb. But oh, thank God, regardless of how dark the day had been, regardless of how, how opposition it seemed had prevailed, the grave couldn't hold Him. And I read in those gospel chapters, I read about Mary Magdalene. I read about other women who had come to anoint the body of Jesus because they saw where He had been laid. And they went very early in the morning on that, uh, on that first day of the week to anoint the body and they wondered how we're going to get to Him because there's a stone that's already been placed at the sepulcher. Who's going to take it away for us? But when they got there, the stone was already rolled away. Hallelujah. And uh, reading those accounts, and, and Mary, she's wondering, where is he? And, and she walks to the tomb. And remember, Mary's life had been so traumatic. And her world had been devastated by evil spirits that possessed her life until Jesus delivered her and set her free. And now the one who had given everything good to her had died. He'd been crucified. He'd been buried in a tomb. And she just wanted to go anoint his body. 
But she got there. The stone was rolled away. But more than that, he was not in the tomb. And she wondered, where have they taken him? And where has he gone? And and as she's walking around in that garden place, in that cemetery, if you will, and she's walking around, she thinks that there's a gardener there that maybe she could ask him, where have you put him? Where did they take the body of Jesus? I just want to go and anoint his body with these spices. And when she spoke to him, he spoke her name. He said, Mary. She recognized that voice. I believe on this parking lot today, regardless of what the heaviness of the recent days and weeks have been, somebody can hear Him call your name again today. And when He calls your name, hope, hope anew and hope afresh burst forth from within. Because Jesus is not dead. As the angel said, don't be afraid. He has risen. He is alive. An old gospel song that says rejoice. Rejoice, O Christian. And that's what we need to do, whether it's today on Easter Sunday or whether it's any other day of the week. We need to rejoice. Rejoice. Lift up your voice and sing eternal hallelujahs to Jesus Christ the King. He's the hope of all who seek Him. And He's the help of all who find none other is so loving, so good, and kind. And then the chorus said, He lives. He lives. Christ Jesus lives today. He walks with me and He talks with me along life's narrow way. He lives. He lives. Salvation to impart. You ask me how I know He lives? He lives within my heart. We have hope, church. If you're visiting with us today, you can have hope today. What a privilege it is to know our God is not dead, but He's alive. And always before the sun shines, there's darkness. But oh, thank God for the ray of hope. Thank God for the life and the victory that we feel in the presence of God today. It's a privilege to be with Pastor Looper and his family, all of you, glad to be together and enjoy the goodness of the Lord on this Easter Sunday. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. His brother Looper's getting ready to come. Let me remind you. He said, tell you the way you've been giving your offering and continue to do it that way. And just whatever how you done it. Just keep doing it. So, Brother Luper, I'm turning the service to him at this time. Amen. Bless the pastor today, Lord. Great anointing on him, Jesus. Praise the Lord, everybody. It's good to be at at the church today. And uh, so thankful for God's goodness and His mercy and His blessings, blessing us with a nice afternoon. A little bit windy out here, but I'm glad to see everyone that is here today. And uh, we're so thankful for God's goodness and His blessings and His mercy. I want to tell you, if you're having trouble hearing in your car, you can also uh, get on the website and uh, you can listen through uh, the Internet. might be a little bit delayed, but uh, we are broadcasting through the Internet today. And uh, it is an honor to see everyone that is here today. Our prayers 
and thoughts are with everyone, and we ask God for His strength and His help in this time of trouble and and uh, dark, darking, uh, darkening hours that we are facing. But I know that God is a God of help, and He is a God of refuge. And I'm glad to be in the best place in the world today, and that's at the house of God. And uh, so we're going to worship and praise and glorify Him. I thought today, um, due to all the situations that are going on, it's kind of disrupt uh, normal uh, Easter Sunday morning here at First Pentecostal Church. And I do apologize to all of the kids that are here today, all the families. I know this is quite different than... Uh, I don't guess we've ever did this before, come to think of it. And uh, so we are, we, are, um, we are treading upon uh, roads that we have never traveled before. And I promise to all the kids, next year, the Lord being our helper, we will have the biggest blowout and the biggest time that you can ever even imagine. Uh, whatever we have to do, we're going to make it great. Sound like Trump. We're going to make it great. It's going to be big. It's going to be huge. It's going to be the biggest thing you've ever seen in your life. But uh, today, um, I thought we have tried to find out a way. Of course, uh, some people's a little under the weather, and due to all the circumstances, we're a little nervous, and rightfully so. But I don't know how that we could have... Um, and celebrate this service today without singing Gone. Now, I'm unable to sing it because y'all probably would not enjoy it. So we have found it's a different version than what we sing in church. Uh, uh, excuse some of the, the words that are there because it has been revived for apostolics. And uh, so it's the best we could do at the time. And uh, so we're going to sing that song together today as they play it on the sound system. And we'll, I, I ask you to join in with us in your cars. Let's worship and praise and glorify God together. Yeah, that's right. 
can turn the dark of death to day. Who calms the storms of doubt and parts the ocean? Oh, he still can roll your heavy stones away. and glorify God together today. I'm glad we're not serving a dead God, but He is alive and well and on the throne today. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. Forgive me for some of those words. I told you that in the beginning, but it's the best we could do at the time. I want um, Brother Duplissy to have something to say today. And I'm going to carry this mic over to his car. Thank God that he is not in the grave. This thought has been on my mind for some time. One scripture tells us, the apostle wrote, said, I beseech you, brethren, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And I thought how we are serving a reasonable God in an unreasonable world. Our God is certainly reasonable. He said, I'm putting before you two things, life and eternity or death and hell. He said, choose the one that you want. God's not going to make us live for him, but he's going to give us the privilege. We can live for him as we choose, if we choose. And I have chosen to live for him. The devil, the world doesn't give you a choice. They give you drugs and alcohol and tobacco and sin and ungodliness. And you take whatever they have to offer and it leads to nothing but 
eternal fear and discontent and not knowing where to turn or what to do. But I'm going to tell you, I'm not worried about this. Amen. My God is able. He said, I'll never leave you and I'll never forsake you, but I'll be with you always, even to the end of the world. And church, this is not the end of the world. Amen. This is the time for the church to come closer to God than we've ever been in our lifetime. This is the time for the greatest revival First Pentecostal Church has ever had. I thank God for it today. <coughs> and I thank God for His healing power. Don't worry about it. God's going to take care of every one of His children. He's bigger than the virus. He's bigger than the doubt. He's bigger than the fear. Amen. Don't worry about it. Don't give up. Don't feel like you're going to die. Amen. We're just treading water until God gets ready to open the gates of heaven. And He said He would. God bless you as our prayer today. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. We can't hear the amens too loud. Why don't somebody honk their horn for Jesus? <laughs> it sounds like y'all been waiting on that moment. <laughs> we act like the, the charismatics here. We're honking for Jesus today. Can everybody see me okay right here? Am I good right here? That way I don't have to climb up on that scaffolding. It would be much more comfortable here. Can everybody see? I don't guess the ones back there in the back can see. Let me uh, let me pull this out here. I don't want to get it too far out of the shade. <laughs> it's hot. Amen. Anoint the pastor today, Lord. In the name of Jesus. Bless him, Lord. Bless him, Lord. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Yes, sir. Amen. Amen. Praise God. That God hear you. All right, thank you. Woo! Praise the Lord, everybody. Amen. Don't it don't it feel good just to be able to be at the house of the Lord? Even though this, I'm a little out of breath now, but even though it is a little bit different than uh, what we are accustomed to, and uh, not quite the uh, the luxuries that we normally have. But I tell you what, there's something about coming to the house of God and uh, God's people gathering together to worship, to magnify and to glorify our great God and Savior, Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And we have come to celebrate today. We are praying for all of those who are unable to be here uh, due to sickness and different things that are going on in their lives. We pray that God would heal God would deliver and God would make a way. And we know a God that is a healer. We serve a healing Savior. And uh, the stripes was placed upon His back for our healing. And uh, I still believe that it works today. 
Amen. It works today. There's nothing too big for God. There is nothing too big for God. There is nothing too big for God. Amen. There you go. Hallelujah. <laughs> and uh, I tell you, I have, I have been preaching um, to an empty building for the past uh, month or so. And uh, so it looks good to see people. This is about the most people I've seen since uh, last time I was at Walmart. But anyway, I'm glad for all of you that have come out today. And honestly, I did have people out here trying to separate cars and uh, keep people separate. And some of you would not obey uh, orders. And uh, so we pray for God's safety and God's protection and uh, maybe the wind will carry this stuff far, far away and take it back to the pits of hell from which it came. But I think that uh, along with Brother Duplessy today, I think that we can find the good that God has in this. And uh, we can build upon what God is doing. And we did not have to let this destroy us and destroy our faith and our confidence in God, which I do not believe for one moment that it will. But I believe that we could use this as a building stone to get to where God wants us to be. Amen. So we are celebrating today, and uh, you know me, and uh, I'm, not, I'm not one to believe in the Easter bunny. And uh, Easter bunnies laying eggs. I hate to disappoint some of you children today, but... Um, that I don't know what all that has to do with the resurrection of Jesus Christ other than something that man has concocted to uh, to uh, generate a lot of money. And uh, so maybe after this is all over, we might all need to start selling Easter eggs or something. I don't know. But we'll be trying to do anything to generate money. But I do believe that Jesus Christ came to this world. He walked upon the shores of Galilee, he preached the gospel, he healed the sick, he raised the dead, he was crucified, he was buried, and he did rise again. And he is alive forevermore. And let me just clear this up today in case you are mistaking. He's not sitting at the Father's side. The fullness of the Godhead dwelleth in him bodily. Amen. When you've seen me, he said, you have seen the Father. I want to turn your attention, Brother Brother Smith was kind of getting on my subject for today. And I want to turn your attention to Mark chapter number 11. And we encourage all of those who are at home to please join in with us, have church along with us today. And we're going to be reading, if you don't have your Bibles, get your Bibles. If you have your Bibles in your car, please turn them to Mark chapter 11 and verse number 20. And uh, we're going to start reading at verse number 20 and read uh, through verse number 22. Wednesday night, the order of service will be for Wednesday night. We will be doing online only on Wednesday night. Next Sunday morning... At uh, 10 o'clock, we will be right back out here in the parking lot. So remember that next Sunday morning at 10 o'clock. And then Sunday night, uh, we will be back online. But we will be having Sunday morning service here at 10 o'clock. So remember, remember that. And again, I say let's continue to pray for those who are sick.
and ask God for His miracle-working power to touch them. I'm thankful for the ones who are doing so much better, but we got those who who need a touch from God. Also, Brother Epley, that pastors in Missouri, is extremely sick today, and uh, he's I think he is in intensive care at this present time. Let's ask God to touch him and heal his body. All of the saints of God across this country, and not only in this country, we think that we are the only ones affected here, but the whole world is affected by this. And so let's continue to pray for those and ask God's mercy and His healing power. All the missionaries, uh, Brother, uh, Brother Lucian had sent me this, and then Brother Smith was sharing some things with me. Brother Lucian, they're trying to have prayer and fasting conference, I believe it is, and they can only have just a few people at a time. And can you imagine what they are going through in Haiti today? And uh, we think that we've got it bad. Lord, we still got a lot of things to occupy our time and a lot of hope that they don't have. So let's pray for all of the foreign mission fields and ask God to help and strengthen them. Mark chapter 11 and verse number 20. The Bible says, now I know this is quite a strange reading for uh, this Sunday, Resurrection Sunday, the day that we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ, but this is just what I felt on my heart, and uh, I want to uh, share it with you today. And uh, the Bible says, And in the morning, as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter, calling to remembrance, saith unto him, Master, behold, the fig tree which thou curseth is withered away. And this is what I want to, I want for you to, to hold your attention to this scripture here. And I will be back by it here in about an hour or so. Verse number 22. I don't know if that was an amen, hallelujah, or oh my Lord. But verse number 22 says, And Jesus answereth, saith unto them, Have faith in God. Have faith in God. Have faith in God. Let's all pray together right now. God, we love you today. We thank you, Savior, for your goodness, for your mercy, for your blessings, for your touch, for your help today, God. Thank you, Lord, for this church congregation that is gathered together to celebrate the resurrection of you, God. And we ask you, Lord, that you would touch all of our hearts, our souls, our minds, our spirits today, God. Build the faith in every individual that is here, that is listening, God, that is going through the darkest days of their life, those who are facing this sickness. Heal, deliver, and build faith right now. And everybody said, in Jesus' name, amen. We have a brand new member to the First Pentecostal Church sitting over here to my left, Brother Gates. Let's all give Brother Gates a honk today. Welcome him to church this morning. Amen. Amen. Again, it is so good to see all of you. I appreciate all the signs, the amen signs. We love you signs. We appreciate you signs. And it means a world to me. I, I, know, I know that you think that I never go through a dark time in my life. Um, but I, I have... Um, I have been through some dark days here recently, 
and uh, feeling the oppression of the adversary of our soul. And uh, I appreciate your love and your support. And uh, thank you for being here today. Just seeing the church together, uh, even though we're not out and about and running and jumping like we normally do inside, but just seeing you together today, it means a world to me as a pastor and uh, gives me strength today. And I love and appreciate each and every one of you. And um, we're going to make it. God's going to see us through. And uh, we're going to have greater days ahead. And I'm still, I'm still celebrating the fact of getting to baptize Brother Courtney in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ. <coughs> Amen. And I am, I am saddened this morning. I was here at the church earlier praying. And, uh, while I was walking through the vestibule about 10.30, I seen some cars pull up. Uh, a couple of them I did not even recognize. So we had some guests that came to church this morning. And we had to change service due to the storms that were supposed to come in. And uh, so we missed out on them, so I apologize for that. Maybe they are listening today. But what I want to talk to you about for the next few moments is simply this. And uh, remember now, if you, if you want to run the aisles, don't start up your cars and take off. That, that would be dangerous. But just uh, honk your horn, scream out loud, whatever you want to do. Jump up and down inside your car and worship God together with me. But don't, don't take off in your car. I want to talk to you about the three darkest days ever. The three darkest days ever. Jesus in his ministry, we find in the ministry of Jesus Christ that, that he spoke a lot in parables. These parables uh, were stories that he would share with them and, uh, these parables always had insight, and y'all up backwards today. These parables had insight into what messages that he was trying to tell them. And some of these parables were hidden from them. And they never, they never at that particular time, I did not believe, ever had full understanding because we must realize that when the Bible was written, the Bible was written after the fact. The New Testament Gospels were given to us after the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So they had a lot of insight writing from what they had experienced through the time that had passed after the resurrection and the infilling of the Holy Ghost as they look back on the life of Jesus Christ and the time that they spent with them. But as they walked, He taught them. And He would teach them by His actions and what He was doing and little words that He would say. And again, I say because we read this from this standpoint and this side of Calvary, we get, we get a whole new meaning and revelation of what was going on. But at the time, they were living this, and Jesus was teaching them as they walked with Him. God is always teaching us as we walk with Him. Like He preached, like, like He preached to the disciples and taught the disciples. And I preached to you last Sunday 
morning through the internet service. And I talked about finding God's purpose in what is going on today and what we are facing today. And trying to figure out what God is trying to tell us. Can I tell you, it's hard to understand that at this particular moment in life. It's hard to figure out why this is going and to find the purpose in what is happening. I wish we could build upon this. And I wish that God would just tell me the whole purpose and His whole plan where I could share it with you. But until this moment, God has not chosen to do so. But God is God, and I am not. There's some things I understand, and some things I do not understand. But I do know this, if we hold to the hand of God, that God is going to walk with us, that God is going to help us, and God is going to teach us along the way of this journey that we are walking. Jesus started His ministry by calling His disciples, getting His disciples together. There were some things that happened prior to this that I'm sure that Jesus' name was being recognized through Galilee area. And as He came into Galilee, the Bible says in Matthew chapter 4, verses 18 and 19, that and Jesus walked by the Sea of Galilee and saw two brethren, Simon called Peter and Andrew his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers. And he said unto them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. This this is amazing to me of I can only imagine and uh, the compelling force of the voice of Jesus Christ as He called out to them, just simply, follow Me. Not knowing their future, not knowing where they were going, He did not give them instructions on what they would be doing. He just said, come and follow Me. There was such a compelling force in the words of Jesus that something, some magnetic force that was in Him through His Spirit, through His words, through His voice, that they immediately dropped their nets and left their boats and left their source of income to go following a man that they did not know, a man that had not promised them anything, they felt something in their spirit and something in their in their 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 mind and in their heart that drove them to follow this man called Jesus. Not knowing the future, they left everything and followed him. It reminds us today of the day that we come to the house of God and God through the Word of God. The moving of God's Spirit drawed us to an altar of repentance. Oh, that day, I, I hope today that you can remember that day and remember that feeling that you felt then. 
You didn't have the promise of what was going to happen tomorrow. All you knew was the feeling that you were feeling right now and right then. Oh, I can only imagine the disciples as they were being called and that spirit connected with them. Where are you going? I don't know. What are you going to do? I don't know. What's happening tomorrow? I don't know. What's going on in your life? Just a man called Jesus come by and said, follow me. And there was something about that voice, something about that cry that I left everything and started following him. Amen. They thought following him, the children of Israel were looking for the Messiah. They were looking for a king. They were looking for someone such as David to set up his kingdom on earth. Many people was expecting Jesus to set up an earthly kingdom. From time to time, even his disciples were confused about the kingdom of God. Believing and thinking possibly it was an earthly kingdom. We find that the mother of Zebedee's children came to Jesus and said in Matthew chapter 20 and verse number 20 and 21, Then came to him the mother of Zebedee's children with her sons, worshiping him and desiring a certain thing of him. And he said unto her, What will thou? And she said unto him, Grant Grant that these my two sons may set the one on the right hand and the other on the left in thy kingdom. And Jesus went into speaking to them about drinking from the cup that he was to drink of. They knew not what his kingdom was of. Israel was looking for a kingdom on this earth. They were looking for freedom from the oppression of the Roman Empire. Amen. We know that now that his kingdom was not an earthly kingdom, but a heavenly kingdom. But they did not know that because they were walking through life at that particular time. Amen. Things he told them in his ministry. In John chapter 2 and verse number 19 and verse number 20, Jesus was always trying to tell them about what He came to do and what to be expected out of the future. Verse number 19, Jesus answered and said unto them as He was speaking of this temple, not the temple that He was standing in, but the temple that he was living in. He said, destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. Then said the Jews, forty and six years was a temple in building, and and wilt thou rear it up in three days? They had a misunderstanding and a misconception of what Jesus was talking about. But he was trying his best to relay message to his disciples. Fear not. 
Fear not. There's going to come a dark day. But you've got to remember the purpose. You've got to remember the plan. You've got to remember what I'm here for and what I'm doing here in the first place. Preparing them for what is going to happen. He is what reminded them, I will rise again. Matthew chapter 26, verse 31 and 32. Then said Jesus unto them, And ye shall be offended because of me this night. For it is written, I will smite the shepherd, and the sheep of the flock shall be scattered abroad. But after I am risen, I will go before you into Galilee. He may be calling us to our first love, our first relationship with Him. As I look at this, He is telling them, I'm going to appear before you back at Galilee, where I first called you, where your first meeting and encounter with me was. I want to tell some saint of God today, it's no time to slip away from God. It's no time to be discouraged. It's no time to be distraught. But this is a time that each and every saint of God should draw closer and closer and closer to God. Amen. Amen. God is telling us, after I am risen. He is telling His disciples, after I am risen. Now they are writing this after the fact. But in the moment, they were not seeing the full, the full comprehension of what Jesus was telling them. Jesus had His great entrance into Jerusalem. Amen. What a great entrance it was. They were worshiping. They were praising. They were giving Him glory. He had risen Lazarus from the dead. He had resurrected Lazarus from the dead. He had healed sick. Amen. He had opened blinded eyes. He had done many miracles. And they were worshiping Him as He come in to Jerusalem. In John chapter 12, verse number 12 and 13, on the next day much people were come to the feast and they had heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem. They took branches and palm trees and went forth to meet Him and cried, Hosanna, blessed is the King of Israel that cometh in the name of the Lord. Everyone wanted to be in His entourage. Everyone wanted to be there worshiping and praising and glorifying Him. They thought it was the kingdom going to be set up on this earth. But that's not what He came to Jerusalem to do. What He came to Jerusalem to do was not necessarily to perform miracles. Miracles was to build their faith. This entrance into Jerusalem sets and it leads to the three darkest days ever in history. We are living in dark days right now. But it's nothing compared 
to the three dark days that were about to come to all humanity and the entire world. We think about 9-11, what a dark day, but nothing in comparison to the days that would follow Jesus' entrance into Jerusalem. We think about Pearl Harbor, the dark day that happened on December, what the, the seventh it is, I believe, 1941. We think about the dark day that happened there, but it's nothing in comparison to the dark days who are about to occur in Jerusalem, the darkest days. But today was a day of celebration. The kingdom is coming back to Jerusalem. But that's not the purpose. It is funny sometimes how quick we are to forget the promise that God has given us when trouble comes. It's so amazing. It's so amazing how great the year started off. It's so amazing. Now just speak of our, our own lives in our own church. How great the year started off. We started off with a great communion service. A powerful move of the Holy Ghost. Then we moved to our youth rally. An outpouring of the presence of God. A packed house. Young people worshiping, praising, and glorifying God. God filling young people with the Holy Ghost. From that into revival. We've seen God fill 16 people with the Holy Ghost. And baptize, I can't remember, somewhere around 7 or 8 people in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ. Not knowing what was just around the corner. Amen. Not knowing that dark days were ahead. Not knowing that there was going to be a day where we could not even enter into the house of God to worship and praise Him. But I tell you today that God has a purpose. Amen. God has a plan. Amen. Nothing has caught God unaware. Nothing has caught God by surprise. But God is still in control. Amen. Turn me up just a little bit, Nathaniel. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. But it's funny how quickly we forget the promises of God. Amen. It's funny how quickly... The disciples forgot the promises of God. I did not want to go through all the crucifixion because that's not what I really come to preach about this, this afternoon. Amen. But we know that they brought him before the Sanhedrin. They brought him before Pilate. They took him before Herod. They beat him. 
They stripped him of his clothes. They beat him to where he was unrecognizable. He was just a bloody pulp. They put a crown of thorns on his head. Amen. At this time, the disciples' dreams were shattered. Their hopes of tomorrow was gone. What they had put their trust in was tied to a whipping post. And the Roman soldiers were beating him unmercifully. What they loved, what they held close, what they what they listened to, what they had put their trust in was being taken away from them. Can I stop a moment to tell you, amen, they might take and they might can shut the doors, they might can shut the parking lots, amen, disease might do whatever it can, but can I tell you, it can't take the power and the glory of God away from the children of God. Amen. Amen. We need to recall the promises of God that He did not bring us this far to leave us. Amen. He didn't bring us this far to set us loose and say walk by yourself. But I tell you right now, I still feel the presence power and the glory of God. He's moving in this parking lot. He's come to touch somebody. He's come to help somebody. He's come to strengthen somebody in this house today. Outside this house today. Amen. Hope was gone. They took him. Beating him was not enough. They took him and put a cross on his back. And marched him to Calvary's hill. That was not enough when he collapsed under the weight of his cross. Or should I say, our cross. That they called one where... This is always interesting to me. They called one a disciple, a follower from far off. Where was Simon Peter? Where was James? Where was John? Where was the disciples that followed him so close? Why not one of them there to carry his cross? But can I can tell you they were in such a confused state of mind. They were about to go into the three darkest days of their whole entire life. Their hopes was gone. Their dreams were shattered of one day arguing who is going to sit on the right side. Who's going to sit here? Who's going to be the greatest among us? From arguing about that to not knowing their future had crumbled, was gone. It was all over. As they nailed him to the cross, there they watched him die. Future gone. I think about people today, people that have worked their entire life for retirement. They have worked their entire life and saved in a moment's time a few weeks ago. They lost their entire life savings. I think about people that have put their hope in money. You can't even go too many places to even spend it today. 
I think about people that have put their hope in their job. Here today, we are, we are propelled. We are, we are, we, we in this area have, have been a beneficiary of the oil market. Can you believe that you can buy gas for a dollar and nineteen cents a gallon? When just a few days ago it was right around three dollars? Oh, the oil market has crashed. Mobile, Exxon Mobil has dropped their production. Layoffs are coming around the corner. Dark days at hand. Not just them, but every other oil company. They're trying to make deals with overseas people to get the market back. And we thought that we have something that is secure. We figured that oil would be the last thing to crash living in a great part of the world. But I want to tell you, dark days, dark days, lost money, lost jobs, lost family members, sick family members, dark days that we may be going through. Their hopes and future was crushed. Peter, I give to you the keys of the kingdom. What good is the keys of the kingdom if the leader of the kingdom is dead? I can only imagine the disciples when they first come together the first day, when they have the nerve, the courage to get back together. Maybe kind of like some of us are today, staggering from the events of the past three or four weeks, kind of punch drunk from what all has happened, wondering what all is going to take place tomorrow. I can see the disciples together, hiding, scared for their lives. Were you one of them? No, I don't know him. Peter even went as so far to curse and said, I never knew him. All is lost. And I can imagine as one disciple says, Well, remember remember what Jesus said. He said about tearing down this temple, and in three days I will raise it back up. Remember... Remember when he opened the blind eyes? Remember when he raised Lazarus from the dead? Remember that? Yeah, I can remember. But I also remember just yesterday evening, I saw my Savior, my Master, my Lord hanging on a tree. And I watched him from afar off as he took his very last breath and died. I was there when they took him off of the cross. I was there when they wrapped him and laid him in a borrowed tomb. I seen all of my hopes buried. I seen all of my dreams gone. I seen everything that I have lived for for the past three and a half years gone. Nothing, no hope left. Day number two rolls around. What are you going to do, Peter, with the rest of your life? What are you going to do, John? What about you, James? What are you going to do? Well, you know, I thought we'd never be at this point. I didn't think we'd ever have this conversation. 
I didn't think we'd ever be discussing these things. What are you going to do? Well, you know, I didn't think about this three days ago. I didn't think about this last week. It just seems like a few days ago we were making our triumph entry into Jerusalem, not knowing that it would be our ultimate defeat in life. Day number three rolls around. I don't know how they get three days out of Friday and Saturday and Him resurrecting on Sunday morning, but ever how they do that math, the Bible says He was in the grave three days and three nights. Day three rolls around. I guess I'll just go back to yesterday. I guess I'll just go back to fishing like I did before I ever met Him. Just go back to the shores of Galilee, making a living just like I was. In these times, we need to remember the fig tree. What was the miracle in the fig tree? I was reading that. I don't see, I don't see a whole lot of meaning to it. We can talk about it well. It was not giving fruit. It was not producing the fruit. And so he cursed it because that it did not have fruit upon the fig tree. But can I tell you maybe just because I find it very interesting, what does faith have to do Having faith in God have to do with the tree bearing fruit. The tree is just born and created. And, and, and that's just what it does is bear fruit. But at the end of this, when Peter made reference to it, he said unto them, have faith in God. Can I tell you, this was to remind them, can we look at this, that this was to remind them in the three darkest days of their life that they are to remember, have faith in God. Have faith in the promises that He has given you. Have faith in what He has told you in the past. Have faith in the miracles that He has performed in the past. If He was able to bring you through then, He's able to bring you through now. <coughs> Amen. Amen. As anybody just... You can just stick your hand out the window. But has anybody ever been through a problem that you know it was only God that was able to give the answer? Did God ever come through? What I'm trying to remind you today is, I know it's dark. I know it's gloomy. I know the economy is wrecked. But what I come to tell you today is, there is going to come a resurrection. There's going to come a bright sunny day. There's coming a better day. God's in control. Amen. Amen. Remember the fig tree. I wonder, I wonder, I wonder if one of the disciples were just sitting there. Peter just said, I'll go fishing. I'm just going back. I'm going back to the way I used to be. Amen. Let me tell you today, if you ever thought about backsliding, don't think about it now, whatever you're doing. If you ever thought about going back on God, don't turn your back on God right now. Amen. Have faith. Have faith in God. We need Him more now than we've ever needed Him before in our life. Amen. I go a fishing. I can, I can just see. I can just see. I can just see. 
This is recording. This is recording in Mark. Amen. I can just see as Mark said, remember, remember that day we were, we were walking through the countryside and we came by the fig tree that had been cursed by Jesus and, and it was dried up and it had withered and, uh, looked and Peter, Peter remember saying, remember saying, look at the fig tree, Jesus. And Jesus just looked back at us in the way that only, oh, there's only a way that Jesus can look. There's only a way that Jesus can speak. And He looked to us and then with those eyes, He looked at us. And with that voice, He spoke to us. And He said, have faith. Have faith in God. What do you think that He meant then? I think that He meant there's going to be some dark days. But we are to remember the promises. There's going to be some dark nights, but we are to remember the promises of God's Word. Amen. 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 John chapter 8, verse number 37 says, And Pilate therefore said unto him, Art thou a king then? Jesus answered, Thou sayest that I am a king. To this end was I born. And for this cause, for this cause came I into the world. Amen. That I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone that is in the truth heareth my voice. Amen. What he was telling them there is he was at the judgment seat of Pilate. When he was in that judgment hall of Pilate, he was reminded everyone that could hear. Don't get discouraged. Don't get in despair. Don't get despondent. This is what I came here to do. Amen. This is the purpose that I came here for. This is the reason why I'm here. I'm here to go to Calvary. There's going to be some dark days ahead. But the sunshine is going to come up on the third morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. So with all of that being said, I have come to preach to you today for just the next short moments. Amen. It's hot. It's hot. I'm sweating really, really bad. Amen. Thank God for air conditioning. Oh, thank God for a nice church. Hallelujah. So I came to preach to you today. Don't get distracted. By the three darkest days. Don't get distracted. By what has it been now? A little over the three darkest weeks. Don't get distracted. By the dark weeks that are ahead. Don't think that we're going to wake up in the morning. And everything's going to be back to normal. But I want to tell you. Don't get distracted. By all that is going on. Because he's already told us in Psalms chapter 23. I think when all of this started, when it all started to come into effect, this is what I preached on that very first Wednesday night. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. 
Thou art with me. Thou art with me. Hear me today, church. God is still with us. God still knows where you're at. God still knows what you're going through. God's still on the throne. And He's still in control today. Hallelujah. 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 He walks with me. Oh, He walks with me. He walks with me. He walks with me. He walks with me. God never sends us on a journey that He's not going to go with us. God's going to never send us through a valley that He's not going to take us through it. Amen. God didn't send us to a place that He can't work a miracle to get us out of the situation that we might be in. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for Thou art with me. Somebody just scream, He's with me. Hallelujah. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest, preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemy. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Can I tell you today, in the darkest days of your life, in the Days of modern history. Amen. More people has died now than what has died of 9-11. But can we rejoice in the fact that to this point it's not been as near as many as what was first predicted or expected because God, amen, it's not the social distancing alone, but it's God that has heard the cry of the church today. I tell you, church, pray like you've never prayed before. Amen. Get closer to God than you've ever been before. Get a relationship that is forever strong and steady with Him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thou preparest a table before me. Amen. In the midst of this battle, in the midst of this struggle, in the midst of this chaos, oh Lord, 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 I just thought I'd like to be by myself every once in a while. Amen. I don't know if I ever want to be by myself again. Amen. In the midst of this chaos of being locked up in your home by yourself. Amen. Not being able to do the things that you want to do. Being held captive in your own palace, so to speak. Amen. The walls start closing. The husband and the wife can even start arguing at times. The children get on each other's nerves at times. It gets tight quarters. It gets, it gets pressure. Amen. Pressure is involved. Amen. Disturbance is involved. The cops are in there being called out. I've been reading things that there's more family disturbance. But can I tell you, don't let it be a place to where the devil Laws divides. Amen. But learn how to depend on one another. Learn how to pray together. Learn how to worship together. Learn how to read your Bible together. Don't let the devil destroy you in the darkest days of your life. Somebody give me a hope for Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. The three darkest days. Can you imagine the disciples? 
Can you just go with me and think about their life? All the hope. Oh, thank you, Brother Smith. Praise God. Hallelujah. Home for me again. Oh. The three darkest days. All hope is gone. But there was coming a resurrection morning. There was coming a resurrection morning. Can you imagine? Can you imagine that third day? Well, something is about to happen that's going to change the entire world. What He had come to do. If there was no Calvary, there would be no blood that was shed. If there was no death, there would be no help in sight. Because there would be no lamb that was slain, a spotless lamb. There would be no forgiveness of sin. But then if there was no resurrection, there would be no joy. There would be no hope. There would be no peace. There would be no strength. There would be no forgiveness of that sin. But on that day of that resurrection morning, they came looking for Him, but He was not there. Amen. No cross could hold Him. Amen. No death could conquer Him. No grave could hold Him down. I come to tell you today, right behind the darkness, there is a daylight coming. Right behind the darkest day. Woo, they say that, that just before daybreak is the darkest time of the day. Everything is dark. Everything is gloomy. Everything is in despair. But the Bible tells us in Psalm chapter 30 and verse number 5, For his anger endureth but a moment, and his favor is for life. Weeping may endure but a night. Amen. Some of you can testify to the fact of this. That in the midnight hour, it seems like the fever gets the highest. But there's something that begins to happen when the sun starts to come up on the horizon. Amen. I want to tell you it works that way in the spirit world. Don't lose your faith. Don't lose your hope. Don't lose your confidence in God. Because the sun is going to shine again. Weeping may endure but a night. But joy. Somebody say, but joy. Somebody say, but joy. Somebody say, but joy. Somebody say, but joy. Cometh in the morning. Give God a hand clap of praise right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Joy. Joy cometh in the morning. Amen. As they thought. That his body had been stolen away by the robbers to start to, to try to hold him and try to take him away from Mary 
and the others that was there. They had lost faith in the fact of the promises that he had told them just a few days before. Oh, how quickly we allowed the devil to blind our minds and our spirits to the promises of God. But I come to serve the devil notice today. Devil, you're still a big, fat, ugly, green, lizard, lion. No good for nothing, devil. Even my God is still on the throne. My God is still on the throne. My God is still on the throne. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Weeping, weeping, weeping may endure but a night. But joy, joy, joy. Look up at the blue sky today. Joy. It was raining this morning. But joy cometh in the morning. Amen. Joy cometh in the morning. There's going to be a brighter day. There's going to be a better day. Amen. There's going to be a greater day. God still got it under control. And you see, we go back to this very point. Devil was laughing. Hell was having a party because they had just took Christ to the cross. They thought. All the little demons thought. They thought they did it. They thought they were in control. Amen. They thought they had it under their feet. But what the devil thought was his best day was absolutely the worst day that he had ever had because that resurrected Savior with all power and he's holding the keys to death, to hell, and the grave. And he's picking people up out of the miry sit a pen of sin. He's picking people up out of the miry clay. He's still placing their feet upon the rock to stay. He's still picking people up that's bound with drugs and alcohol. He's still picking people up that is a let the devil oppress their mind and their spirit. And can I tell you today, amen, the devil is still not got the power and the authority over our mind. I've given it to God. I've given it to God. I trust in Him for peace. I trust in Him for hope. I trust in Him for strength. Hallelujah. And in the midst of the darkest days the world has ever known, just the only way, the only thing that can do it, doing it the only way that that can be done. God just turns it around. And God just makes it the greatest day in the entire world. The greatest day. As bloody as Calvary was, it's the greatest thing that ever happened in this world. Because it led to, without Calvary, there is no resurrection. Amen. You say the resurrection is the greatest day, but without Calvary, there would never be a need for a resurrection. And so what we are looking at today in this time, in this trouble, in this chaos that we are in, what the devil has brought to try to destroy the church, what the devil has brought to try to war 
against the saints of God. What the devil has brought to try to destroy your mind. What the devil has brought to try to destroy your faith and confidence in God. We as a church of God, we as the church, not just this local assembly, but we as a church around this entire globe is going to turn this with the help and the grace of God completely around. And what the devil meant to destroy, God is going to bring it to our benefit and to our good because the darkest days is going to bring to the brightest morning of all. Worship God together. Hallelujah. 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 Go ahead and put on the song. We're going to sing this song together. It's not us singing it, but it's one that we sing quite often. Amen to the glory and the power of God. The darkest days, the darkest days are leading to the brightest morning. The darkest days are leading to the brightest morning. Let's pray. Let's believe God. Let's strengthen our faith. And like the disciples, let's go back to Galilee where we first met Him. Let's go back to that first place where we met Him and renew our relationship with God and come out of this battle stronger Come out of this valley stronger. Come out of this situation more powerful and dedicated and consecrated to God. Let's spend some moment in worshiping Him right now. I'm just going to keep on holding on to God. going to keep on holding on. When I don't know what to do, I'm just going to keep on doing what I know to do. And that's just trusting in God. That's just depending on God. That's just holding on to God's hand.
Hallelujah. I feel the Holy Ghost today. I feel the Holy Ghost today. I feel the Holy Ghost today. Hallelujah. 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 I feel the Holy Ghost today. Victory in Jesus. I pray for peace in every home. I pray for strength in every home. I pray for healing in every home today. The protection of God right now. I'm just going to keep holding on. I'm just going to keep holding on. I'm just going to keep holding on. Hallelujah. 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 Let's worship Him together right now. Oh, the three darkest days always leads to the brightest moment. The brightest morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I appreciate you coming out today. Thank you so much. I pray that it helped you. If it didn't help you, it helped me. Amen. Sometimes, sometimes as preachers, you just try to preach yourself happy. So if I wasn't preaching to anybody else, I'm preaching to myself today. But there's coming a brighter day. Amen. There's coming a brighter day. There's coming a brighter day. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want y'all to wait. Let me get a chance to get around there by the front. I want to see everybody as you go out. I don't want to shake your hand. I don't want to speak to you. I certainly don't want to give anybody anything, but let me get over there. I want to see everybody. I haven't seen people in so long. They done a Facebook deal yesterday, or, or not Facebook, but uh, FaceTime yesterday and had a bunch of people on FaceTime. And uh, I don't even like that stuff, but I was enjoying that. Hallelujah. So, Lord, bless all of you. I hope you've had a good day today. And, uh, Lord, bless you. Give me just a moment.